and welcome to episode number 98 of the Lines Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we go over all the big news, all the big bets, all the big happenings in this crazy gambling industry. Of course, guys, we are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Go in, subscribe, rate, review. We really do appreciate the five stars. Helps us climb up. The charts so people can find this podcast just a little bit easier at the lines US at PlayPix US on the Twitter machine. We are going to talk about some new betting options that you can do in a couple of the legal markets out there. We're going to touch on some of the low hanging fruit or at least some of the more obvious props that are out there for the NFL draft. And we'll be going well in depth with these over the next couple of weeks as well. A modified sports calendar is starting to take shape if we are able to come out of this pandemic here anytime in the next couple of months but let's kick things off here Brett with some interesting stuff coming out of FanDuel we were sitting here just uh you know it was actually a uh, pretty late where you are it was I mean it was evening where I am here in Vegas definitely late where you are over on the east coast and we just get one of those hey breaking news things coming through it was uh sports business journal i think was the one who broke it i believe or maybe it was forbes i don't i, don't, I can't remember which which one it was but basically saying oh ps by the way let's slide this in right before people go to bed guess what west virginia is going to be offering election betting yeah this news took us all for a ride for a couple hours tuesday evening and not a fun ride because like i don't want to say that i've been preparing for this preparing for like legal election betting because in in no way that I think election betting would be legal in the US in 2020. But we've been covering the election odds movement at the lines for more than a year just for the pure entertainment of it and interest in it. And the like just the twist and the twists and turns of the voting and candidate selection process makes for good stories. And even though we can't bet on it legally in the US, there are markets over in Europe and the handle on election betting is crazy because of the amount of interest in it. So when we get a press release on Tuesday saying that the West Virginia lottery had approved election betting and that FanDuel had launched several markets, that was a huge piece of news. I mean, and something that we thought we would never see ever because there was that was like kind of the one off limits thing was the whole election deal because it just goes it runs so deep with so many other laws that are out there just even outside of just straight gambling laws. Yeah, and there was a lot of excitement. I know in our little company chat bubble, A, because we now have a huge betting event that we can cover while sports are on hiatus, but also B, how the hell did West Virginia and FanDuel get this done when it seemed pretty clear that this was not legal? So Dustin and Adam and the team over at Legal Sports Report, they they started digging in, and I'm sure they will take a deep dive in the, the LSR podcast this week, so be sure to listen out for that. But after, I don't know, what, 15, 20 minutes, the politics it market, hilarious. It, just, it was gone, and it was I saw hilarious. it happen in real time. I, think it was, I was probably the first one that saw it. I was like, wait, they're not there anymore. Like, what, what is going on? Come to find out, the West Virginia Lottery uh, jumped the gun on all of this, and uh, on Wednesday apologized after the governor got involved and weighed in and basically said, uh, what the hell are you guys doing? This is not legal. Yeah. Poor guy. Some guy had to be the fall guy, which was all yeah. horrible about it. Uh, as Brett mentioned, if you look at, if you're reading the story over on the lines, there is a link out to the LSR story as well, where they go real in depth with all of this and they've got attorneys and everything that they've talked to 
over there. But uh, yeah, it was funny because we were in real time with this where. So I was looking on the website, I assume like you were as well. And then when I saw all of the when I saw all of the numbers go blank and then the page just go blank, I downloaded the app real quick, the FanDuel West Virginia app, because I'm like, okay, maybe it's just, you know, maybe I'm I thought maybe something was wrong with my browser or something. I didn't know exactly what was going on. So I click and it was actually there for a second on the app and then same deal. Then the numbers got removed and then I hit refresh one last time and then politics wasn't even an option to click on the app at all after a couple of refreshes. So literally, as you mentioned, in real time, we watched this launch and then someone think better of it all within, you know, like you said, the course of 15, 20 minutes, like it all just was this whirlwind. And then we're, we're just having conversations as to what the hell could have possibly have gone wrong here. And then we were getting conflicting stories where the West Virginia was basically saying that FanDuel jumped the gun. And then FanDuel was basically saying that they did actually get permission and that there was just a miscommunication and all this. It was, it was a fun little, uh, fun little Tuesday evening, especially during quarantine times here where we had nothing better to do. Man, not the way you want to roll out a big market like that in the U.S. And look, I applaud FanDuel for trying. Like, kudos to them for getting it done, even though it was only for a few minutes. But this is this is just a bad look for the industry, especially here in the U.S. where operators are fighting a battle against offshores who do offer politics markets and take a lot of action on those markets. To fumble a launch like this is frustrating. And now... Given what West Virginia is saying, it does not look like election betting will be happening here in the States. So it doesn't look like it at all. I mean, I guess like from, you know, people way smarter than you and I and people who follow this way, way more closely than you and I. I mean, they were all instantly coming out saying, I mean, okay, but I don't know how this is possibly legal. And then they started pulling like because of this and this, this and this. And they were pulling all these different things, not just from West Virginia law, but just from federal law and from whatever. And I'm like. Yeah, this seems like one of those things that maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Now, I do understand with no sports that West Virginia would probably get, you know, a pretty massive handle on this and all that. But at the end of the day, it seems like the burden that it would take to to get this actually to fruition uh, might the juice might not be worth the squeeze, I think. Yeah, because a lot of it is perception. Does a state want to be accused or. I don't know, accused of fixing an election because of bets being placed on the election. And if it does come to that, you get the federal government now paying attention and that could have huge ramifications on the betting industry as a whole. So I, I get it. I, 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 I was shocked to see that there was legal election betting. I never, I did not expect that to happen even in the next five, 10 years. I, I, I don't know if it will ever happen. Yeah, so this was a this was a huge shock. On it's Tuesday. one of those things, too, where you say, you know, listen, if, if you're FanDuel, all you can do is ask. Right. And then yeah. if they, and if they tell you yes, then they tell you yes. And it is what it is. And I mean, if you look at FanDuel from a marketing perspective, I mean, the guy that we have in the White House right now, I mean, would there be a better marketing tool for them? Because the the odds did open up as Trump as a minus 110 favorite over Biden, who was at plus 125. You know for sure that he was going to bring that up in one of these press briefings, like in the next week or two. Like, like you know for sure that he was going to bring that up. I mean, like that is something he, I mean, he pays attention to television ratings. If there were betting odds where he was the favorite, I mean, they were going to get free publicity from the president of the United States, and you know for sure that was going to happen. I think he's brought it up 
before with an <laughs> offshore site. I think he did it last year or something. So, yeah, of course he would. I mean, they were going to get free pub for this happening. I mean, there's like zero doubt about that. But, yeah, this is definitely a work in progress still. They did come out and basically say that there was just a misunderstanding here and they need to look at this a little bit further. But uh, our, our, our people, our insiders seem to think that this is going to be a pretty big long shot for this to happen for this election this year. So pretty, uh, but a pretty fun Tuesday, nonetheless, in the time of no sports. We did see the New Jersey and Nevada markets try to adapt a little bit here. Brett, this is something that we've been following. I mean, pretty much since the beginning of the repeal of PASPA was kind of what was going to be allowed to be bet on, how these different markets were going to adjust. What would Nevada have to adjust to try and keep up with some of these other markets that are going on out there. And that is pretty much what we've started to see here where Nevada is at least trying to get, I'm going to say get with the times a little bit, at least trying to open up a little bit more here because I mean, look with all the casinos shut down, all the sports books shut down. We know that there's no remote funding in Las Vegas. And so it's, you know, times are real tough for these sports books right now. And so we did see at least a couple of things get, uh, you know, put on the betting menu here in the last week to 10 days that, you know, it, it, look, they're trying is all I can say. They're trying. So good on them. Did you bet on the NASCAR iRacing I did. The Pro Invitational I Series? Did. You did. I'm not even going to lie. I did. So I went in and drained all of my uh, sports betting accounts pretty much once all of the pretty much when the rumors that the casinos were going to shut down. I went ahead and was like, you know, in these weird times, and this was, you know, this was still a few weeks ago, so I didn't know how we were going to be handling this pandemic in general. I was kind of like, eh, probably better to have cash in hand, you know, than like than money sitting in an account somewhere where I don't have any idea how long that these uh, sports, but I did leave a little, a little snort uh, in the, uh, <laughs> in, in my William Hill account here in Vegas, because they were the ones that had been offering the, the really wacky stuff, you know? And so I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, if I decide I want to get involved with the sumo or the Russian ping pong or whatever it might be, uh, you know, but yeah, I did. I threw down not big, like a couple of like 30 and $40 bets on the, the NASCAR I racing event. I did not, I, I, it was tough to it was tough to watch. I mean, you know, I gave it a couple of of laps and and all that, but you know, at the end of the day, it is still watching a video game. And I understand that that's becoming more and more popular, especially as we look right now, where there's no traditional sports on television. But I don't know about you, I just have a tough time. I have a tough time watching. I have I can't esports don't do it for me as much. And even if it's a sports based esport, right? You know, I, I can't watch people play Madden or people play 2k or, or anything like that. And so even though the iNASCAR looks incredibly real, I mean, I'm talking that looks really, really real. Uh, just, just hard for me to get into. Yeah. It's not just a video game. It's a NASCAR video game. So, I mean, if you have a hard time watching NASCAR, like <laughs> real races, I can't imagine how boring video game, the video game version is. Although it is kind of interesting that the actual like real drivers are right. participating in this. That is a pretty cool aspect of it. And I do like how, uh, a lot of NBA players are doing the the live streams of the 2K that at least we're getting creative, even though you can't bet on the 2K stuff legally in the U.S. They're keeping people engaged, which is which is good, engaged with sports. Um, yeah, I I haven't really watched any of the NASCAR iRacing. I watched a little bit of the uh, just the, the Madden 
streams mm-hmm. and the NBA 2K streams that you can uh, play DFS on DraftKings and right. Fanel just to see what the interest level is. And there are thousands of people watching these simulations every single day. It is it is wild. The 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 demand is there, and and these these sites are are doing what they can to to keep people entertained and throwing some money free money out there thousands of dollars every day they're just throwing throwing out there so i don't know i i'm not all that into it i'm kind of just sitting back and waiting and preparing for sports to come back but at least there are options out there yeah and so it i guess we can't move off of this without mentioning that one of the drivers did rage quit one of the races uh <laughs> recently and lost a, lost a real life sponsor because of it the blue emu which is like the pain cream company was sponsoring this guy, Bubba Wallace, and he rage quit because he got real pissed off during the the video game and just like quit right in the middle of the race. And Blue Emi was like, yeah, we're not paying you a dime. And not only are we not paying you a dime, you, we're not sponsoring you anymore. And it's just like, so, I mean, at least also too, I guess if, you know, if we were, if we're trying to find silver linings and bright sides in this weird time that we're in right now, I mean, it, it to see a company, you know, one step up and sponsor someone for this iRacing stuff and then take it as seriously as they did. I mean, you know, look, that's 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 kind of cool, I suppose. I mean, they were saying dollar for dollar, the amount of exposure that they get for that is one of their was what they were figuring to be one of their better investments as far as sponsorship goes, just because, you know, obviously it's it's much cheaper than if you were doing a traditional NASCAR race and the ratings actually have been pretty good uh, about a million people watching yeah. these, these races and stuff. And so they were actually saying, you know, dollar for dollar that it was a, a pretty good investment on their part. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's look at what we've got here in New Jersey. Obviously they approved the, the NASCAR racing pro invitational series this week. I think this is it Sundays. They run these. That'll yeah. be the first time you can bet on that in New Jersey. But Going down the list here of, of approved sports, I don't think we've seen many books offer markets on most of these yet, but we've got the Chinese Professional Basketball League. We've got the Indian Premier League Cricket. We've got Belarusian Extra League Hockey, Ukrainian Hockey League. We've got lawn bowling. I don't even know what lawn bowling is, but there is now bowls, Grand Prix lawn bowling approved in New Jersey, the world, the world snooker. We've got table, te- table tennis has been a monster in New Jersey. We, we talked to Johnny Avello the, the, this morning, actually, and he said he is shocked by the amount of people betting and the amount of money being wagered on table tennis. It is far out handling like, uh, like, football futures and NFL draft betting. It, it is wild. So, well, I mean, there, let there me tell are you things. This. Let me tell you this. I just opened my William Hill Nevada app here and I can bet right now on the bank of Taiwan versus the Yulon Luxogen dinos. And I can also <laughs> bet on the, Oh boy, I'm going to butcher that. I don't know. Uh, let's Jotai technology against the Penwan arch. So I have the I have the uh, basket, the Chinese Basketball Association on my on my app right here. You mentioned the table tennis. Not only do I have table tennis. Guess what I have? I have in play table tennis that is live right now on the app. So they are running in running lines for the ping pong that is going on out there. So, again, they're trying hard, man. They're doing whatever they can do. 
Yeah, and it goes into what we've been talking about. People want a live sweat. They want to watch a sporting event with something riding on it. And futures, MLB, uh, NHL, NBA, whatever it may be, it doesn't give you any of that engagement right now. So table tennis, esports, some of these soccer and hockey leagues, they're going to provide that in the short term. Uh, maybe, maybe horse on Sunday. I saw this morning ESPN <laughs> announced an eight-player horse tournament that's going to take place on Sunday. Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Paul Pierce, some WNBA players. Uh, we might see some markets on that pop up this weekend. So a lot of small sports that never get paid any attention are uh, becoming a little more popular with all of this. Yeah. And I guess the one thing we can mention here of, of the sports that you've heard of and that you've watched and that you know of the league, the UFC has decided come hell or high water that they are going to continue to put on events. Their next one is April the 18th. Dana White has gone over and has secured a location at Tachi Palace, which is a Indian reservation. So it's on tribal land. So you do not have to follow the state guidelines when it comes to it, really anything. The athletic commissions don't have to don't don't have authority there. You don't have to do the whole stay at home that's going on over in California, any of that. And so they are skirting the laws that are going on right now within the state of California. And in, to keep these events going and, you know, Brett, look, I, you know, I, I spent a long time in MMA. I spent a long time, uh, you know, a decade of my life kind of covering that and doing things within that industry. And, you know, I don't know, man, in these times, I hear all these people who keep saying, oh, we need sports like we need real sports and all that. And it's like I, it just seems to me like it sets a pretty poor example for everything that we're trying to do right now. You know. I am, you and I are literally in the upper zero point zero 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 one percent of all sports fans on the face of the planet. And I would take anything on television right now if I felt that it could be done in a responsible way, if I felt like it was actually kind of the right time to get this going again. But, you know, to have to go do it on an Indian reservation where you don't have to abide by the athletic commission and you don't have any of these, you know, rules and guidelines that are in place within these state athletic commissions and things that are, that are going on. I don't know, man, it just seems tone deaf to me. It seems forced. It seems like somebody who's really going after a money grab right now. And you know, in the middle of all this, it just seems like this is not the time to be putting people in a cage and having them punch each other in the face. Yeah, especially a sport like this where there's so much human contact. You mentioned money grab. Let me ask you this because it's, it's a, what is it, a $65 pay-per-view yeah. this uh, Saturday? How many people are going to pay for this? Because I saw somebody pose a question this week. Will it be the most viewed MMA fight ever just because there's nothing going on? And I, I can't see that being a possibility. I don't think so either. I mean, I think that there will be a lot of people who just morally will make the decision not to buy it because they just feel it's it's a poor it's a bad look on the UFC and that it's a poor look on the sport in general. I did see some things floating around that the contract with ESPN, that the UFC is required to put on X amount of events per year. If they want to get the full payout of the, of the rights deal that they have with ESPN. And, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with the reason that they seem to be just jamming this event together. Of course, the, the main event was supposed to be Tony Ferguson and Habib uh, Nurmagomedov. And that is off because Habib is caught over in Russia. He can't travel. And so they put off that main event and basically just put together another main event for the, for the show. So it's another one of those things where it's like, 
you know, you, you lost your main event and you're still deciding out ah, of hell with it. We're going to make this happen one way or another because we just have to put on an event here. And yeah, it's going to be, you know, you, I think it's, if you want the HD version or something, it's $65 for these pay-per-views and it'll probably do fairly well. I mean, I, you being kind of an outsider looking in here, I know you're not real big into to MMA, but you being an outsider looking in, I imagine curiosity for a lot of people will probably take over because like you mentioned, there is nothing else going on on television. It is an opportunity for someone to sit down and actually watch a live sporting event, as opposed to it being a video game or a a game from the past. And so I don't know, it'll actually probably justify them doing this because they'll probably make a a decent amount of money on it. Yeah. Just this is where sports betting would matter for me. Cause I mean, look as somebody who never watches MMA, even free fights, I would never pay just to watch a sporting event because it's the only thing going on unless I had some money on it. And even, even if it was, you know, even if I was able to bet on it here, which I can't right now, but, um, I, I, I just can't, I don't have the connection with MMA. So I, I right. just speaking for myself, I can't picture myself actually sitting down and watching this, even if it was free, but I'm sure there are people out there who just want to watch a sporting event because it's been out of our lives for several weeks. So yeah, I'll be I can interested. see, it. I can see yeah. it doing well. Yeah, I'll be interested to see the numbers when it's all said and done I, again. I mean, you know, I I really, really enjoy MMA worked and worked, done a bunch of programming and everything like that for the UFC themselves. I mean, I have been, you know, really in the trenches with all of this. And so it's not like I'm a UFC or an MMA hater by any stretch of the imagination. I just feel like, you know, when we're sitting right here and the, the numbers are are finally starting to, it looks like maybe perhaps possibly we, this whole flattening the curve that we've been doing with this quarantine seems to be working across the United States that, you know, kind of flaunting that, that we're, you know, trying to let's let, let's get back to normal here by holding a sporting event when really, no, let's hunker down for another couple of weeks so that we can get sports back going as we know it. I don't know. It just seems a little short-sighted. seems a little tone deaf to me, but we will see how it all plays out. Hell, they might get rich and they might, the last laugh might be on me. We talk about how people are fiending for things to, to bet on as well. One of our friends, uh, Jonathan Bales, very smart guy, founded fantasy labs before he sold that off. Um, basically just started as a conversation on Twitter amongst a bunch of people who are betters and DFS players and whatnot. And, the thing came out with, you know, it, it was a guy named Peter Christensen goes by draft cheat on the uh, Twitter machine. And he basically said, how many pushups do you think you could do in 12 hours if it was a thousand dollars a pushup? And so people were kind of like, oh, well, you know, I do this and this, blah, 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 blah. anyway, morphed into bales coming in and saying like, I, you know, I think I could do 2400 pushups in 12 hours. And then the conversations start going. Next thing you know, we have a prop bet that is going on here. And I will tell you, Brett, we are talking about over the course of the 12 hours, thousands of people tuned in to watch a live stream of a guy do sets of six pushups at a time and then rest and then set of six pushups and rest. And this happened over the, all day long and whatever that that doesn't tell you how much people are fiending for things to bet on. And when I say things to bet on, guys, uh, the peer to peer market, just like, you know, hey, Uh, I'm going to bet you, you bet me, whatever that was going on over Twitter uh, reached into the six figures as far as whether he was going to be able to complete this task or not. So, yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars being bet on a single guy doing pushups. I watched 
for several hours uh, <laughs> and not not because it was a push-up bet and I was fiending for something. It was more because I wanted to see how Bales approached it. Just knowing Bales a little bit and his meticulous and analytical analytical approach to everything. This is a guy who bet Donald Trump to win the presidency at 500 to one odds after he announced his candidacy because he saw he had the foresight and he saw a window for Donald Trump to be a real contender right away. Like who who did that? Bales did because he thinks about things on different levels than everybody else. So I was super interested in seeing how he attacked this and he did it in a brilliant way that allowed him to really complete this without, I didn't see him struggle with a single pushup the entire 10 hours. It was unbelievable. You would think that people would be bitching about form and all this, because if you had the under, you're obviously going to be nitpicking. If you think that the guy wasn't doing like a proper pushup, there was no question whatsoever that all of his pushups were proper. Like he, like you said, I mean, he powered through this. Basically, the 2400th pushup looked as good as the first pushup. My brother's in the army. He's been in the army for 20 years. I showed him this and he was watching for a little bit. And my brother was like, his form is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So anybody who was complaining about Bales's form is out of their mind. And it obviously was, was on the under <laughs> because they just wanted to complain about something. But even Bale said yesterday, he said he watched back a little bit and he, he said his form was perfect. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. So just an unbelievable performance by him. I, I don't know. Like just knowing Bales, how do you bet against that guy? If he's, if he's on his side, he's on the right side is basically how I look at it. I, uh, I bet on him actually. And so it's the right side. Was I mean, able to, uh, was, was able to make a little bit of quarantine money, uh, doing that. Just, uh, basically just kind of put it out there. Like, Hey, if you're, if you're looking to bet against bales, I'll, I'll be your huckleberry, you know, yeah. and, and was able to get a couple of takers and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you think, you, you think you kind of start to think about that and you're like, ah, 24 and a pusher, you have 12 whole hours. It's much more than you think. And it's the longevity of it. And it's the endurance of it. And if you think that you can do 2400 pushups in 12 hours, I, I definitely invite you to give it a whirl because I think that you are going to realize very quickly what a, what a physical task it is to do something like that. Not just physical, mental, uh, mentally. Yeah. Bell said that was like the hardest part for him was the mental side of it. Like, I think he took a long break after like five hours and just coming back from that, he said he was having a really, really hard time getting his mind back into it. So I, I think that that would probably, well, I mean, I look, I can't do the physical side of it either, but just the, <laughs> the, the, just the mental side of it would be really challenging too. Just getting to six pushups every minute for 11 hours is, <laughs> is crazy. It was it was something to watch for sure, guys. So it's, uh, you know, who knows where depending on how long we're in quarantine, I'm sure there'll be some other crazy bets that pop up. And if they do, we'll certainly talk about them here on the pod. But one of the things you definitely can bet on, Brett, and that is the NFL draft. And we are starting to crank out content over at the lines and play picks. We've got some videos up on the YouTube channel as well. You can also find those videos embedded all over the lines.com and you know let's uh let's start talking about some of these markets here that a little bit maybe maybe to some people are a little bit more obvious and then we'll move into some of the more nuanced markets as we get a little bit closer here and we'll start to to really break these things down but you know first overall pick is kind of one of those things where okay look slam dunk you you really would have to have a pretty massive bankroll to to bet this but even with that I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze because what if there is just the craziest trade in the history of the NFL 
and the Bengals decide to trade out of number one and they end up not taking, you know, whoever it is ends up not taking Joe Burrow because they really, really, really want Chase Young or whatever in the hell it might be, you know, some sort of crazy scenario here. If you're having to lay $10,000, dollars to win a hundred bucks, which, you know, at BetMGM right now, Burrow's minus 10,000 to be the first overall pick in that. So for, for me, Brett, it's just like, I don't, I don't see any way in the world that this is even a bet. As much as we know that Burrow is a one is a lock. I just don't see any way in the world. You could talk me into saying that this is a, a bet that you should, anyone should make. I don't care what size your bankroll is. Yeah. And you're, you're going to be limited on, on the, the amount you can bet too. So, I mean, it, it look, it's going to be Burrow. This is more of a lock than last year when there was a, there was even a, a slim chance that Nick Bosa would go over Kyler Murray. The Bengals need a quarterback. They're going to pick a quarterback. And even if they get offered the farm and trade the pick, it's going to be the Dolphins or the Chargers who move up, and they're only going to do it to take Burrow. So this is a lock. I, I just can't imagine there are many bets coming in on this market. Yeah, pretty crazy. But the the number two overall at least does get a little interesting. Um, everyone, every mock draft you read is going to have Chase Young listed as the big favorite to go second overall. And, it, you know, rightfully so. Again, if, if you listen to these guys that – do this way, you know, all year long, way more into this than Brett and I are. And look, we're, we're pretty into it, but they, these are guys that literally live and breathe the NFL draft. They're saying that young is one of those kind of generational talents and really could come in and from day one, be a huge, huge impact guy for a team. And so that's why you see these odds of second overall are just pretty, pretty, you know, pretty heavily juiced at minus five fifty six over at bed MGM right now. If you're looking at Chase Young on that one, if you're looking minus 2000 over at DraftKings on Chase Young going second overall. So, I mean, you can see actually if you wanted to make a little if, if you wanted to make that bet, you would head over to MGM to make that bet here. Brad, I guess what it comes down to here is, as you mentioned, is there one of those teams, those quarterback needy teams that would decide to move up into that number two pick to take it? Would they have the draft capital to get this pick? and and get it away from the Redskins. I mean, for me, I think that if you're really in love with Tua, which takes us kind of the next topic that we're looking at here, if you're really in love with Tua, I think you have to know that you can get him at number three, and then your target and your trade target becomes the Lions as opposed to the Redskins. Right, it's just, it depends on how much a team loves Tua. Like, you don't know what other teams are willing to give up. Right to move up. So, I mean, there might be an arms race for the rights to tag a So we could see the dolphins jar chargers, maybe even the Jaguars move up to get their quarterback at number two, in which case Tua would go off. I think at around like 10 to one odds to do the second pick, which is great. But I think his odds are, are way longer than that for that to happen. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be the Redskins taking chase young here. And third overall pick. And this is where things pretty get, you know, get pretty interesting here. And that is because as we sit right now, this pick belongs to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, if you look at every mock draft, if they were to stay here, if they were to keep this number three pick, that everybody has them taken Okuda, the corner there from Ohio State. They need someone that can cover. If you watched any of the Lions games last week, if you played fantasy football, you were always targeting the Lions secondary. Nobody could cover there, and they were giving up tons of yards all over the place. And so... They need a top talent like Okuda, but this is where everybody is saying that it looks like this thing is going to become some sort of trade target. And when you actually look at the odds at the various books out there, Brett, you start to see that this is 
exactly how this is starting to play out to the point where at points bet you have to lay money to pick to uh to pick Tua to go number three overall. It is actually minus one fifteen over there for Tua to go number three overall. So everybody, and including the sports books here, are thinking that the Lions are going to trade out of this pick. Now, is that the Chargers? Is that the Dolphins? Is it a surprise team that needs a quarterback that could move up and take it there at number three? Um, but that is seems to be the consensus here amongst uh, not only the mock draft people out there, but the but the sports books as well. Yeah, if the Lions stay, you're right. It's it's going to more likely be more than likely be Okuda, given what their secondary now looks like after they traded Darius Slay. But yeah, this is the most likely position a team will trade up for Tua, and that's why his odds, you know, of going number three are, are so low. If I'm the Lions and I can move down to five or six, I'm I'm going to do it because you might be able to get Okuda there anyway. So right. I I think you know load up and get a few more picks uh, if, if you can. So yeah, I, I think it's I think I think it's more than likely that uh, they move this and, and drop down. There's uh if you're over at FanDuel Tua to go number three overall plus one sixty. So you do get plus one sixty there. Okuda sitting at plus one eighty five if you're trying to get involved with uh, that number three pick overall. And what they've added here recently, Brett, also is the uh, exacta for the first three picks here. You pick the exact order of the, of the first three picks. Burrow, Young, and Tua, which is kind of how people think that this is going to play out, plus 170. So you're actually, I mean, look, we, we both think that one and two are a complete lock, but Tua sitting at plus 170. I mean, at that point, don't you just bet Tua to go third overall at plus 160 as opposed to yeah. having to, I mean, you're, we understand that Burrow and Young seem like to seem like they are a lock to go one and two, but that's just two more factors that you're adding into a bet for very little additional payoff, or you would just take Tua as the number three at plus 160, as opposed to adding two additional factors that have to happen to only get plus 170. Right. Of course. And definitely shop around and do some math on these. Cause there are definitely, there are going to be spots that, that look, way better and this is an example of one of them just take Tua at the plus 160 that's just a far better price yeah it's, it's, to me it's just like you you start to look at these and I think people get enamored with them it's like no 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 look you're only getting you're only getting 10 more cents here and two additional things have to happen now those things are very likely to happen yeah. but, but stranger things have happened and you're only getting 10 additional cents so just bet Tua to go third at plus 160 if that is the if, if that's the exact order that you want to bet with these things, you know? So uh, just think about that whenever you are kind of putting these, these bets together as well. But another one of the the props that I did want to talk about here is this over under of quarterbacks that is, uh, that are going to go in round one. I mean, there's the over under on Tua set at three and a half. I mean, you and I both think, I know that there is a rumor going on out there and there's going to be tons between now and draft time that, you know, some of these experts are coming out and saying, ah, oh, it's too risky to take two at three. It's too risky. It's too risky. If you look at the draft capital that the dolphins have, they have so many first and second round picks that I don't know if the risk reward isn't, isn't okay for them to, to take the risk. And they still would end up with a first round pick anyway. They would still end up with a couple second round picks. So I don't know. I, I know there's a lot of smoke kind of saying to take the over on the three and a half because they'll just stay put at five and, and just assume that he'll be there at five. But I, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I, it seems to me that if Tua was there at three, 
there would be a team come knocking. I agree. Yeah. Like, I just can't, I just can't see that happening. So um, last one that we'll talk about here. So again, I would take the under onto a three and a half. I, I do believe that it would, if it's not the Dolphins, it'll be the Chargers, maybe even a surprise team, Jaguar, something like that. Uh, total number of quarterbacks taken in round one. Now this opened here in Las Vegas at three and a half at the stations casinos. I flew to my app until my <laughs> fingers bled to get down on the over on that. Yeah. There was so much buzz coming out of the coming out of the combine on Jordan Love that it was uh, there was just no way in the world that we know how teams fall in love with quarterbacks. We know how enamored they get with quarterbacks and. So I bet the max twice before it was uh, before one, the odds moved and then two uh, started to get where they were not going to let me do that anymore. But I I was on the over, fortunately, then they quickly moved it to four and then now it's at four and a half universally across. So let's talk what we know here. We know Burrow Tua, Herbert and love those four quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. We know the teams even Bengals, Dolphins, Chargers, and Jaguars all are in desperate need of a quarterback. All four of those teams are going to take quarterbacks, and we know that those are the four quarterbacks that are likely to be taken in the first round. So really for this prop, Brett, it comes down to does does Jacob Eason somehow slip into the first round? I know there was some smoke a little bit a long time ago about Jalen Hurts, but that has really, really fallen off, and I think that's probably a lot to do with as well with the fact that these teams can't meet with people and they can't do additional workouts with these guys. And maybe he would have had a chance to impress a, a team a little bit more, but with that not being the situation this year, can't see hurts, you know, sneaking his way in the first round. But Eason is a guy that has been mentioned as maybe being able somewhere towards the end to sneak into that first round. We know some teams out there that we can at least speculate on uh, Steelers, Patriots, Saints, Raiders, these are all teams that have at least been, you know, tied to wanting a quarterback or something like that. So what say you with with Jacob Eason, or do you think that this is a pretty solid under on the four and a half? It's t- four is a great number. I, th- I think you're right that Burrow to a Herbert Jordan. Love, I've seen a lot of Jordan love to the Patriots talk lately. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's one team that you add the Patriots there in the first round, then you've got a higher chance of one of these quarterbacks going in the first round because you're going to have another one of the teams reach. It does hurt these quarterbacks that they can't meet with teams uh, because if you're going to spend first round capital on a quarterback, you want to hit. Um, So it, man, I feel like four is a great number. I I would probably go under on four and a half. I just, I don't think hurt. I've seen some hurts buzz still as of yesterday going in the first round. That's not going to happen. So it's either going to be Eason or from, I don't, I just don't think they're going to go round one. There's so much talent, especially wide receiver. We can go, we could see seven wide receivers go in the first round. I just, I think there's so much talent there and offensive line that I think teams are just going to load up uh, at those two positions. Yeah, Cause if you look at these teams that could reach, right? Like we said, so, so Steelers, Patriots, saints, Raiders, they all at least have options this year to where they wouldn't have to mortgage the farm. You know, I mean, you, you have the Raiders who have car. I mean, whether they're satisfied with him or not, obviously that has been debated, heavily debated, but they do have an option there. I assume the Steelers, considering that they did not do anything in free agency or haven't done anything in free agency as of the time that we are taping this, think that think that, that Big Ben is going to be back and think that he's going to be able to play. So you have that situation. The Patriots stood pat as well. I guess Stidham has done enough to where they have some confidence in, in him. 
And then the Saints, you know, brought back Dubreeze. Now, they would be the most likely, I think, to me, uh, Brett, team to maybe try and finagle something. The problem is they just don't have a lot of draft capital to make something happen because they've done a lot of trades here in the last few years. And so they're they've kind of run up on a uh, on a point where they don't have a lot of picks. It would have to almost be like a current player or something like that that would that would be part of a trade because uh, they did bring Drew Brees back. But, you know, this is one of those things where it's with Drew Brees. It's it's a year to year thing. You know, it is literally a year to year deal. He had to take three weeks off this past season to decide that he wanted to come back and give it another go. So you have to think best case scenario, two more years out of Breeze, but likely that it, you know, if they don't make the playoffs at the end of this year, Breeze could, could just go ahead and hang them up. So I don't know. It seems like maybe of those four teams, the saints at least might be the most desperate of those teams because they know they can see the end of the line, right? With, with Breeze, they know that it is coming and it very well could be at the end of this season. So you're not buying into the Taysom Hill oh, quarterback in the Lord, future no. buzz. Oh. What is that? Dude, the <laughs> guy was undrafted as a quarterback. Like, like no one wanted him. Nobody even wanted him on a practice squad as a quarterback. And they're like, no, come in and play wide receiver and return kicks and play special teams. And now all of a sudden he thinks he can play quarterback. It's just, it's insanity to me. And look, I love Taysom Hill. He is a football player. He yeah. is not a quarterback. No. Like, let's just get off that yeah. right away. Yeah. That's just craziness. So, I mean, I guess the only team there would be the Saints, but I, I don't know, man. It, it, it to me, kind of seems like the under the four, under four and a half is the way to go on the total quarterbacks, and that's that's certainly the way that I would go if I was betting that prop. But we will keep you, you know, if 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 any buzz starts to come some of the from some of these other guys, we will definitely keep you up to date there because you can get some nice plus money on the over four and a half if that's what you were leaning towards. Finally, before we get out of here, one of the pretty interesting articles that has uh, popped up over at the lines, and this is just based on information that's been coming out, is kind of like what a modified sports calendar would look like for the fall because we are starting to see things get tentatively rescheduled. Of course, we know that everything is scheduled, subject to change with these weird times. And as you know, if if for whatever reason there is another outbreak in the the fall and winter, which they are saying could be a possibility that they've seen it with some of these other viruses in the past. And, you know, this could all be for not for this, uh, for us to talking about this, but you know what, for right now, we're going to talk about it, Brett. So let's go ahead and talk about it here. But this fall slash winter, specifically the fall could be absolutely bananas here because in theory, we could have the convergence of basically every single sport that you and I know and love, because in theory, you could have the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college football, the PGA, tennis, and even horse racing all happening at the same time. Because if you assume that the NBA and the NHL don't get back to playing until June or July, which seems to be the 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 stuff that's kind of floating out there, the rumors that that would be a a likely scenario that could push playoffs back into September for both of those. If you assume football season gets going in September, then you have the NFL and college football. You assume that major league baseball season is still going to be running at that point. Um, You know, depending on how abbreviated they decide to get with their schedule And then the Kentucky Derby is already rescheduled for September the 5th. The U.S. Open Golf is rescheduled for September the 17th. U.S. Open Tennis rescheduled for September the 13th. September could be the craziest, wackiest, most awesome sports month in the history of the world as we know it if things play out and if we can get rid of this damn virus. 
So the question is, how many TVs do you have in your little man cave right now? And how many more? How many more do you need to buy? I gotta get more cable boxes. Here's the thing: I have the TVs. I got. I gotta get more cable boxes. Is the thing. It's like it's is the TVs I still have. I need to get more cable boxes. But yeah, I mean, this is just this is just insanity because if if you look at all this, we could have every single one of the major sports taking place within the same month, and not only that, but major major events happening in those uh in those sports as well i mean it could be absolutely bonkers and again throw in the kentucky derby running yeah. on september the 5th as well so you have another just huge one-off event that, that could be happening there in september so i mean football u.s open both golf and tennis kentucky derby playoffs you would think maybe in in, in the nba and nhl major league baseball is still going to be going it, it could just be I mean, Nirvana for us, Brad. I mean, if you want to talk about people are talking about what, you know, their quarantine bodies, like, you know, taking this time to eat well and work out and all the things like that. It's all for not guys. If this happens in September, because you are going to get back fat. I can promise you that. Like I'm going to get so damn fat in September and I will love every second of it. I'm remaining cautiously optimistic, of course, but just looking at the possibilities here, like a <laughs> random, like a random, what is it, September 19th? You'll have the U S open golf the Preakness running at the same time, college football possibly running at the same time. MLB will be probably pushing for the playoffs So you'll, and, and a shortened season, so you'll have a bunch of teams in the race there. And on top of that, you got uh, – well, I guess NBA and NHL won't be going well, quite it depends. yet. But it depends on – It could. They yeah. could be pushed back to the point where the – to where the p- playoffs and or the finals are actually taking place in there. True. Again, depending on – how they decide to abbreviate those seasons. Now we're, we're all just speculating at this point because they don't even know how they're going to do it. But you know, if they actually decide to come back and play just kind of an abbreviated into the season and then move into the playoffs, as opposed to what we've seen, some of these proposals that are out there of, you know, just them running basically tournaments or something as, as, as how they would crown a champion. But, you know, in theory, if they were to come back and play a shortened end of the season and then move into the playoffs, we could technically still have those going in September as well. And that's why I'm I'm trying to tell people to be careful with going too crazy, betting on these events that they know nothing about, like preserve your bankroll because when sports do come back, they're going to be, they're going to come back with a vengeance. And you've got all these sports running into each other and the books trying to set lines and adjust on all these major sports at the same time and they're not going to be the the sharpest lines so there there will be opportunities for people when sports do come back that is for sure but if you want to uh, check that out again that's an article over at the lines you can see just the abbreviated sports calendar over there and you know of note masters did move to november as well so another huge huge thing that will be taking place in the fall slash winter that normally does not so uh, masters in november so lots of things to look forward to should we be getting back to normal uh, in that September, October range out there. So fingers crossed, certainly as sports fans, we have our fingers crossed over here. Uh, guys, you know, again, as always at the lines, us on Twitter at play us on Twitter. Uh, we really do appreciate all the subscriptions and the reviews and everything like that on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Um, you know, we know these are super tough times and we're trying to just uh, keep this as light as possible. You know, at the end of the day, we're a sports betting podcast here. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. If you've been listening for, you know, now 98 episodes, you understand what 
how Brett and I kind of go about all of this. We try to keep it lighthearted. We certainly understand the severity of everything that's going on in the world out there. But, you know, we're going to try and use this as a little bit of an escape for you guys if you want to to come in and and just escape for a little while. And we'll talk some sports and we'll talk some sports betting and maybe some crazy prop betting stuff. And if we get some news on what's going on with, you know, poker and the World Series of Poker and things like that that are happening, uh, we'll keep you up to date on all that. But um, you know, we're, we're, we're very, very, very aware of everything that's going on out there, but we're, you know, not our place to, I'm not a doctor, Brett's not a doctor. I'm not going to give advice. He's not going to give advice. We're just going to sit here and talk about the things that we definitely know. And, and Brett, that's, uh, that's sports. Yeah. I will give one piece of advice. Just stay inside yeah. for now. Well, just yeah, right. right. There's other than that. Yes. Other, other than that. Um, that's, that's kind of where we land on everything. So uh, again, we're going to have uh, tons of draft coverage. So be sure and head over the lines. I mean, we're going to be updating articles and videos and all kinds of things left and right. Brett and I'll do some debating back and forth here and there on some of the ones. Maybe we have some uh, opposing thoughts on, we're going to bring on, you know, experts as well and try to talk to as many people as we can. And you know, look, it's the next major betting thing that we can possibly do. And it's going to happen in a few weeks here. And we're going to, uh, we're going to ho- hopefully help you make a little bit of cash on it. So, Uh, Be sure and check back often over at thelines.com. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.